It is the 200 level, my carpenter in the basement studio, late on a Friday evening for a top 10 matchup. And I got to be honest, it's not going great. Illinois currently trailing Purdue by 15 at halftime. And there was a moment from the 12 minute mark to the 8 minute mark where it felt like this was going to be a tight game. It looked like Illinois had their mojo back. But even without Zach Eady, who got his second foul, Purdue looked every bit the number one team in the nation. So here's what we're going to do today. Uh, you know, we're about to get underway in the second half. I don't know how well it's going to go, especially when compared to a first half that just was not was not good for the Illini. And we will stick around until it looks like maybe it's time to punch out. Now, I would love to think that this team can make it interesting enough to tune in for the entire thing. That is not crazy to think about because as we saw with that four or five minute stretch there in the middle of the first half this team can get on one they have a way of getting some easy buckets when they get the ball moving offensively and I think defensively there's still some good stuff there even though Purdue scored what 49 points in that half or 47 one of the two but it's really as simple as this in a game that you could ill afford to give up second chance points and not rebound better than the opponent this is the one Second chance points, 15 for Purdue, 8 for you. That actually surprises me that Illinois has 8. That's the 7-point difference right now in what is a 15-point game. So it's not the only thing, but it's something that you just could ill afford at Mackey Arena of all places, which is just a house of horrors, not just for Illinois, but for a lot of teams. And let's be honest, there is a subtext or kind of a narrative under this thing of what Purdue has done to Illinois revenue sports recently. The last time Illinois beat Purdue in basketball was 2020. And that was the year that we would have went to the tournament, but COVID happened. It was in early January in Illinois, I think smoked Purdue at Purdue. It was really one of the first wins of the IO Kofi era that suggested things were really on the up and up. But since then, this has not been a series worth noting for Illinois. Maybe we beat them at home in 2021. I, I'm not entirely sure. I don't think we played at Mackey Arena in the COVID year where there were no fans. And thank God for that because it, it may not have gone well. But this is just something that my entire life, I don't know what it's been, from Gene Cady to Matt Painter, Purdue basketball just tends to have our number. Or I should say, they go on these really long streaks. Brian Cardinal, for example, 9-0 and against Illinois. 9-0. and that was the Lon Kruger era. That wasn't bad basketball from the Illini, but Purdue was just better. So we're underway here in the second half. It is a 15-point Purdue lead. And again, we'll stick around as long as this game is worth talking about, and I hope that's for a while. Ty Rogers is back out on the court, and we'll talk about him in a minute here because offensively, they just aren't playing him. They are not putting anyone on him on defense. Ty getting down low, and he gets <laughs> a lot of contact, but he falls, and there's a travel. Let's talk about the two big liabilities personnel-wise. I like Ty a lot. This matchup apparently is terrible for him. He can't be on the court. Dane Danger can't be on the court. And with eight turnovers, which I'm surprised it's not more for Illinois, right there is an example between that and then Ty also got his pocket picked by Braden Smith on what would have been a layup. You just can ill afford that. Zach Eady gets the rebound, another second chance opportunity for Purdue. And this is going to be uh, that Wren guy, Kaufman Wren, with an easy two. And just like that, that's 17 second chance points for Purdue. All right. It is a 17-point lead here. 
Illinois needs a bucket in the absolute worst way. And I think at this point, everyone is just really making this game respectable somehow, some way. I, I don't think that AP ratings or rankings matter all that much. So, for example, when Illinois was not in the top 10 a couple weeks ago, it didn't bother me that much because I thought, hey, whatever chip on the shoulder you want to add to this team, that's fine. They're old. They'll, they'll get over it or they'll channel it in a proper way. But I do think in the absence of Terrence Shannon, in terms of perception and in terms of positioning for the NCAA tournament, you want to do whatever you can to stay in the good graces of voters and the people that make these decisions in college basketball. And I think that the second half, performing well in the second half, goes to show that, okay, even without Terrence Shannon Jr., this is still a top 25 team, still a pretty darn good team. I think even without Terrence Shannon Jr., this is a top 20 team. I really do, based on the talent that you have and how they look against anyone not named number one. Bear in mind, this is by far the toughest team you're going to play the rest of the year. After Tennessee, it was Purdue, and that was it. It was not going to get tougher than that. So now that you're facing them, you're seeing just how much of a matchup disadvantage you have. Zach Eady, all seven foot four of them, with a dunk over Coleman down low. There's not much you can do about that. Back to a 17-point game. You know, I'm going to try to avoid getting personal here. I want to be professional on a Friday night. <laughs> but it's, it is also, let's be honest, frustrating that Purdue is this good and that Purdue has really been your bugaboo for revenue sports as now it's turning into a 19-point game. And here's the thing. It's not just Zach Eady. Zach Eady's had a quiet game. I'm seeing Lance Jones right there just make a layup. No problem. 10 points on 3-7 shooting for Lance Jones. And I don't know what Marcus Damask has. He's been fine, but when the other Saluki is maybe having a more productive game than you, that's a problem. This is Ty Rogers with a nice finish up and under to make it back to a 17-point game. But yeah, Purdue's loaded. So what can we take from this game? And that's something we'll talk about as long as we stick around today. But listen, I got to be honest, for the 15 of you that are here in the YouTube feed, if you got thoughts that you'd like to share, hit up the chat thread. This is Lance Jones again. That three is no good. And up and in for Kaufman Wren. The only thing that's really pissing me off today, the rebounding. Absolutely pitiful. I mean, if there's one thing I thought our size would have been able to hang for a little bit here and rebound with Purdue, Zach Eady or not, they are killing you on the boards. And another second chance point. So that makes it 19 second chance points for them. Illinois is still scoring offensively, but unfortunately, you've already given up 55 points to Purdue. It's a lot more than Maryland gave up. It's a lot more than other teams have given up at this point in the game. So figure it out. Because if you take away those 19 second chance points, we got a competitive ball game. Kaufman Wren with a freaking skyhook. Where did this guy come from? Where did he come from? Does anyone know? Was he a transfer? 1636. Kaufman Wren with 18 points. What's frustrating about that is you would think that your front court, Damask makes a three. You'd think that your front court would be able to match up with a guy like Hoffman Run. Apparently not. It's not losing to Purdue that's the problem. It's allowing the same mistakes to happen over and over again from an old team that really kind of digs into the goodwill that they, they bought in the last few weeks, in the last month where they've been playing so well. As they got a break here, 
our sponsors. DP Doe, I'm on at dpdoe.com for all the best deals and prices. dpdoe.com. You can order online and get custom zone with any toppings that you want or one of their favorites like the Maui Wowie or the Buffer Zone online at dpdoe.com. Also, gotta thank State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com for life, auto, home, business renters, you name it, Brian is my guy. And he can be your guy as well at brianismyguy.com. Gotta thank Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. Give them a call at 217-841-4728. And as we get into the dearth of winter, it is probably best to make sure that your furnace is running tip-top. They made sure that ours is doing just that. And we have been nice and toasty in our house thanks to the trusted folks at Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. Give them a call at 217-841-4728. And finally, Luke Owen and Owen Builders LLC. Online at owenbuildersllc.com for home additions, decks, patios, you name it. These guys can also work year-round, so don't let the cold weather keep you from getting a free quote for your next home project at owenbuildersllc.com. Champagne Showers Podcast Network as well. Appreciate them. All right. Let's hit up the chat thread here from Ryan. Dane cannot really play this half. Yeah, he can't. It's this game. It's more glaring than ever. Actually, Ryan, I thought that he might have a role in this game just to get some fouls against Edie, but I I just don't know if that's the case. He, He just absolutely stagnates things offensively because no one is buying. When he clears out of the lane, no one's buying that he's worth guarding. So that just clogs everything up. From Jared, uh, when Dre Gibbs Lawhorn is making more impact plays than Ty Rogers, dot, dot, dot. Now, Dre had a couple bad minutes, a couple bad moments in that first half, and I think that you are playing him just out of necessity. You got to give some guys some spells in, in order to breathe. I will say, looking ahead, thank goodness you don't play until next Thursday against Michigan State. I think with this smaller rotation, you need to get these guys rest. And until Terrence comes back, it's essentially a seven-man rotation. So you got to be really careful with that. From Anthony, we seem to have a problem with rebounds. Anthony, that's really my bugaboo tonight. Rebound the damn ball. And that is getting outfought. That's getting out-hustled. And I know that sounds so meatball-y, but it's true. This is not a game that you can afford to get out-rebounded. <laughs> or, or to this degree, right? You could get out-rebounded by Purdue. And that would be something you could explain. But it's the degree to which that they are getting to the ball. They're getting to all the loose balls. That just can't happen in a game like this. You came in with house money. And I do think that's true. You did come in with house money. You still have house money with about 17 minutes left to go in this game. So what I'd like to see, Anthony, is just go for it. What the hell? You got six days rest after this before you play Michigan State. I'm sure they'll get the weekend to recover and rest. And it's well-deserved because of the fact that the last couple games, they've had to go without their All-American. And that will continue, by the way, probably for at least a few more weeks. But as we look at this now, a 16-point game, 57-41. Brad Underwood called a timeout, and we'll see if that counts as the media timeout. I hope to God it did, because these games can go for a while, especially when you're losing. You're just like, let's speed it up, folks. This is Kaufman-Wren and a foul on Quincy. Quincy, defensively rebounding-wise, has not been good tonight. At least by his standards, he has not been good. And while offensively, I think he does have 10 points for you, he's got to be more of a dog defensively and rebounding. All right, what else do we got here? From Ryan, not a likable player on this Purdue team. Here's the thing. I, I think that with this Purdue team, if you changed uniforms, I don't know if it would bother me as much. It's just the recent history against Purdue. It's the fact that really more of their football program 
has been a bugaboo that has actually cost you things. I don't know if Purdue basketball has necessarily cost you anything over the last few years in basketball. For example, you lost to them twice two years ago, or maybe you just got them at home in that double or triple overtime, and you still won the Big Ten title. So it's the football element where I'm thinking, why do Purdue fans, why do they get to enjoy these things that have been really detrimental to us? And Ty Rogers misses a layup, but he gets his own board, credit to him. And a three is not even close from Luke. Luke's got to make those. I mean, it's just, he's out there for a specific reason to make three-pointers, and he's not going to make every of them. But he had a great look there. That's got to go in. That's got to go in. Lance Jones, he shoots a three. That's up and good. Why wouldn't it be? God damn, this is frustrating. All right. From Greg, second chance, not good. Brandon, redshirt sophomore. That is Kaufman. Wren is a redshirt sophomore. Where is he getting these guys? It's not like he's burning up the recruiting circuit, but the guys he gets like a Braden Smith and a Fletcher Lawyer are freaking amazing, even though Fletcher Lawyer has been really quiet tonight. Are we really going to have to deal with Purdue being good? I'm going to lose my marbles if I have to deal with Matt Painter actually running a really good program. And sure enough, another timeout. I'm getting a little bit pissed off right now. I'm going to let you know right now, if this is like a 20-point game with 10 minutes to go, I got to check out. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay, let's hit up the chat thread. From Bobo, season high, 18 points for Kaufman Wren. Thinks he's a sophomore. God dang it. From Mark McCoy, put Hansbury in. He'll get rebounds. I honestly, in this game, don't think that would be a bad idea. I think... (sighs) That could have been a message sent in the first half when he continued to give up rebounds. But at the same time, you had to have guys out there that could score, that you could rely on offensively to keep that game close. I really thought when we got within five, we had a ball game. And that's not been the case at all. To be down 19 is, I know Purdue's good, and I know they're number one, but this evaporates a lot of recent good feelings. You know, time will pass. You'll get to the Michigan State game. You'll get excited for it. But the notion that this team is going to compete for a Big Ten title, at least tonight, that's on hold. <laughs> I mean, for one, Purdue's just that freaking good. For another, you didn't answer the bell at all. And I can live with losses, but dad, gang, come on. Like, not to this degree. Don't get your ass handed to you like this on national TV. That's all I'm asking. That's all. Jared says, if Edie comes back next year, I'm done. Jared, tell me for the love of God he can't come back, right? He's actually being projected as a top 20 pick in the NBA. Go figure. All right, let's see here. Uh, Let's see. From Bobo. Speaking of Rodgers, I don't even know why he's in the game. DGLs play better D and can shoot. This has been a bad Rodgers game by by any measure. From Brandon, Edie is creeping into the lottery on NBA draft boards. I doubt he'll be back. Yeah, there you go, Brandon. I, that, that is surprising to me, but it's true that he is creeping up those boards. Uh, from Anthony. No, let's see, from Ryan. Ty shouldn't be back out there after this timeout. Edie has to commit to someone outside of the paint, and he hasn't had to, Ryan. That's a good point. Other than being on the court for a long time, or being on the bench for a long time in that first half, we know that he's rested, but defensively, Edie's not having to expend himself at all. So the frustrating thing is, as you're down 19, you could make some fake rally, but it truly feels like a fake rally because a guy like Zach Edie can get a bucket at the drop of a hat, right, to stem that tide. And the fact that he doesn't have a third foul, I mean, listen, it, it would take a lot for him to have to go back on the bench 
and you're just in a bad spot. You're you're in a bad spot. And man, if you think about it, as bad as some of these moments have been in the last 15 minutes of game action, just don't fall down 20 to four at the start of the game. That was something that we have not seen from this team in a long time, the really bad start. Now, 15 minutes to go, there have been crazier comebacks, but Purdue is just a team with too many weapons, it feels like. They're shooting 45% from the field, Illinois 37%, which is not as crazy of a difference as you'd think, but that's where the rebounding has really hurt Illinois. Coleman Hawkins trying to drive it in. The floater up and no good. And now we just can't make shots. And I'm worried what's going to happen here in the other end. Braden Smith going to run a half-court set. The transition wasn't really working for him. Zach Eady gets a travel. So Coleman, good D, stand up. You know, in all this said, I do think when you get them at home, it'll be hell of a game. Now, that also was contingent on if a Terrence is back. And let's be honest, this game, I don't think Terrence alone would have made it that much closer. I think he'd still be down seven or eight. This seems more of a collective, not your best effort kind of thing tonight. But you're going to need him. And let me rephrase. You're going to need a Terrence Shannon if you're going to be like the ninth best team in the country, right? There was a little bit of a sliver of hope I think we had after the last two games that this collection of guys could work without Terrence in some synergistic, oh, not the Ewing theory. The Ewing theory being that when he ever, whenever he went out for the Knicks, they were actually just as good. It was just that he scored a lot of points and filled the stat sheet, but you could win without Patrick Ewing. I don't think that's applicable for Terrence Shannon Jr. You need him if you're going to be really good, and that is contingent entirely on how that legal situation plays out. And we probably got a ways before there's any resolution on that, right? Zach Eady, hook shot, no problem, back to a 19-point lead. All right, what else do we got here? How did they lose to Northwestern? How did they lose to Northwestern? Things happen. I know that sometimes playing in Northwestern can be weird. And I guess Boo Booey, maybe he went really red hot that game. I'm not sure. But how? I, I just do not understand that. Damask, the two-pointer no good. This is going to be a rebound for Justin Harmon. Illinois needs a bucket in the worst way. But right now, you're just trading buckets. And Damask, <laughs> trying to do a little bit. Oh, wow, Luke Goody does not get the foul called on Zach Eady. And he wanted it, and I thought that Zach Eady got his gigantic ass chest in the way of Luke Goody. But when you're seven foot four and you're an athletic freak, as he gets a sky hook, God damn it! Can I say that on a PG thirteen podcast? Don't flag me. We're gonna have to check out here in just a bit. I know it'd be a short podcast, but I'll give it till the what under eight media timeout. This is just not your night. Justin Harmon just loses it. And it's it's one of those getting ready to shut the TV off moments. And a three from Lance Jones. Yeah. No good. We're going the other way. And it's Edie's third foul. Okay, so 1221 to go. It is a 21-point game. Let's talk. Listen, I'm going to come back early in the week with the podcast because there's not a lot to glean from a second half reaction here. This is a slice of humble pie from a really good team. It's not as if anything tonight dissuades me from thinking that this group of Illini players can win a lot of Big Ten games and still be pretty good, right? It does also remind you that things are entirely contingent on matchups, but the frustrating thing 
is that this matchup out of a lot of teams that would play Purdue, you felt like, well, maybe this is something that you can work with. You know, you got some bigs that can uh, match up with the guys not named Edie. Edie's going to get his, and we figured that, even though he really hasn't. And that you think your bigger guards after the Northwestern game might be able to slow down some of the Purdue guards. That's just not been the case at all. So what you're left with, unfortunately, is a 21-point deficit in a game that just, I, I don't know how what you feel good about after this. You know, it's maybe it's just one of those where you kind of do the men in black thing. You use that little buzzer red thing and you wipe your memory from it. And if I'm the coaching staff, I find a few things to key on. But are you really going to pour over this game tape and say, well, guys, before the Michigan State game, we literally need to improve everything. That's not necessarily the case. Michigan State is going to be at home. You're going to probably play a lot better. If anything, I could have foreseen if you get a big win at Purdue or something, a total letdown at home against Michigan State, uh, the crowd will be rocking. It'll be a great environment and a great opportunity to get a big win because Michigan State's playing good, really good again. But right now, there's just not a lot of positives to take away from this. Do we stick around for one more media timeout? Ugh. I don't know. Coleman talking to the refs again, as Jared noted here. You know, Coleman had, he had a great month where he was playing within himself and playing in such a smart and controlled fashion that I thought, okay, if there's such a thing as turning over a new leaf, he might have done it. But tonight, despite box score-wise playing pretty good and obviously being an impactful player, the foul on the three at the end of the half was perhaps the dumbest play that he has made in a long time. That was the Coleman that got a lot of fans, and myself included, really frustrated in years past. And we had not seen that in a while. And the talking to the refs, that's fine. But dude, scoreboard. If I'm an opposing fan, I can't stand it. I'm like, dude, shut your mouth. As an Illini fan, sometimes I feel that way too. He's been so good recently that I would like to think tonight is just a quick little, you know, backsliding. It's a quick little backslide, and uh, yeah. All right, we'll we'll stick around for another couple minutes here, and you know, I appreciate you guys tuning in the YouTube feed. I I was feeling good all day, which tells you gut feelings don't mean jack squat. But this is maybe worst case scenario for this game. You know, I was texting with Trevor and Isaac earlier and he, Trevor was actually probably being generous at this grade. You probably need an A plus game to win tonight, period. Right. And that may have been true, but let's see if this went off of Illinois or Purdue. Well, they're going to say it's Purdue ball. I think, I don't think they can review it though. Yeah. Coleman was rightfully ticked there, but doesn't matter. It's Purdue ball. And they're up 21. And Trevor said somewhat generously that we probably played a C-plus game. And I think that was when we were down maybe 11 or 12. We had made the comeback, and then Purdue was starting to stretch the lead again. So he said C-plus. Right now, it's it's a D. This has been a D night in a game that you had to have an A-plus. And that's too bad because it it's, takes away any sort of suspense as to what's going to happen. And now it's really just get out of this game healthy. I, I, my first goal in this second half was don't get embarrassed you're already on the pathway to that 
My second is just don't get embarrassed. That's basically it. We'll stick around the eight-minute media timeout. And as Boba said, yes, Hawkins had a legit argument on that call. Oh, my God. <laughs> it is our ball after a weird pass that hit DGL on the back. But anyways, 21-point Purdue lead, 11.20 to go. This is going to be Quincy up top with a pick from Coleman, 11.20 in the game. Quincy looking to make a move down low. A little hook shot off Kaufman Wren. No good, but Damas gets the board. He's going to try to take a baseline himself over to Goody for the three. He's got to make it. He makes it. Okay. 18-point game. Can you feel it? Can you feel the excitement? Here's the goal. Get it to like 12 with the eight-minute media timeout. All right, here's Braden Smith. He is really good. It's just amazing. Matt Painter, not, not that I ever thought that his program was dead in the water, but if you look back, maybe about 2015, 2016, they were in a really bad spot. Damask doesn't block out his guy. A foul on the floor. Or is that Dre Gibbs Lawhorn? Get the freaking rebound, for Christ's sake. You got the size. So this is just, this is basic stuff here. Get the freaking rebound. Fortunately, it's on the floor. That's the third Illinois foul of the half. Purdue also has three fouls. And this is going to be out of bounds, Illinois ball. Can they do that thing like they did in the first half where they get it single digits? They're going to have to make a run now. Edie's on the bench with three. He'll come back out if need be at the eight media timeout. 10.30 to go. Nine turnovers for both teams. Some of these, oh, alley up to Quincy. Some of these uncharacteristically in the last few minutes were produced. They've kind of caught up with Illinois. 16-point game. You have almost evened it up from the 15-point halftime deficit. From Anthony, Goody seems to remain solid all of these games. I will say, you know, there's been a couple plays here and there that Goody is, I don't know, not, not making the heady basketball decision, but that's few and far between. What I'm seeing more from Goody is really just knowing his role and playing it well. And that three, you needed that so desperately. Again, I said earlier I was frustrated when he missed an open one, but he's still hitting them at a pretty high clip this year. He has a role. He fills it well. He's got good size. He has a, a nose for the ball for a guy that's not maybe not a great rebounder, technically speaking. So, yeah, we'll see here. Now, Michigan State is going to come in next Thursday. They got four straight wins, and I'm pretty sure that they have a game between now and next Thursday. I don't know if anyone in the chat feed can check Michigan State's schedule and see who they play between now and the Illinois game. I think they have one more home game before they come to Champaign on Thursday. Kara and I are going to that. Going to be excited. She'll wear a Michigan State gear. That's cool. She's an alum. We'll be up at Breslin Center in February too. All right, this is going to be Braden Smith. Over to Fletcher Lawyer. He's been really quiet. Braden Smith. Pump faking. Coleman on him. This is Kaufman Wren. Were they going to double team him? They back out to Braden Smith. The three is no good. And Coleman doesn't block out. And then raises his finger to say, my bad. Yeah, Coleman, you're bad. They were able to seal it for an easy... I'm, I'm about to shut off this freaking podcast right now. That pisses me off so much. Is that disproportionate pissed offness for something like that? I don't know, maybe. That is absolute BS. Get the freaking rebound. How about you block out the six foot two midget that you're guarding? Midget by basketball standards. I shouldn't say that word. It's a little person. Okay, Marcus Damask makes a shot. Get your head out of your ass, Coleman. 
that really, really frustrates me. That really frustrates me. 68 to 52. God dang it, man. It's just, you want to see, okay, and a good job by Coleman there. Were we going to get a foul? They're going to get a foul on Luke? It won't be a shooting foul, I don't think. At least I hope not. But I did not see where the foul was on Luke there. But God dang it, what I'm asking from the senior who has done this for the last month, in this game, just, I mentioned Luke Goody playing his role, right? Is Coleman feeling this the, the pressure of having to play above and beyond because Terrence is out? I don't know. Maybe that's a little bit of it. But simply not blocking out a guy after a shot? I don't understand. What is that? Now, he's on Edie here, and I know that's kind of a hopeless case, and Edie throws it away. Good help from Damask and a good job from Coleman keeping him in front of him. But, I mean, if there's going to be any attempt at a comeback, that can't, that can't be it. As Ryan says, a foul on Luke Goody for being shorter than Edie. And that happens sometimes. That does happen sometimes. Chat Thread, would you agree that Purdue is legit the number one team? I'm, I don't know if I'm just saying that to try to make myself feel better, but, I mean, they just keep throwing guys out there, and I think every single guy for Purdue has made a play. And there's 10 of them. I feel like every single one has made a play. Even this Ethan Morton guy, who has been there, I swear to God, for 15 years. All right, 8.47 to go, 68 to 52. They're going to keep this just close enough where I feel the need to do the whole game. Ugh, maybe we should. And if I'm a little bit overly animated, it's I didn't really anticipate that because in the first half I was texting with some friends and it's like, oh God, Damask in and out. I was texting with some friends even when it was 20 to 4 and they were like, how ticked off are you? I'm just sitting here, I'm playing guitar to just kind of be as zen as possible. Losing tonight would not have gotten me in a bad place. It's just that not being the smarter team, not being the harder working team, that kind of stuff. As Edie makes a skyhook because he's seven foot nine. What are you gonna do? Now credit to him, he's immensely skilled. But it's just uh, okay. Coleman with the three, no good. Justin Harmon with the board. Quincy Guerrier up and in. The fourth foul on Edie makes it a 16-point game. You're going to have to go on a mad blitz here with Edie out. Man, Quincy really got his body into that. Well, you'll get the next four minutes without Zach Edie. Now, Gil- Gillis, right? This is, this is what Purdue has. A guy like Gillis, who, again, has been there for seven, eight years. Him and Morton have each made plays tonight. I think Gillis has two threes, and Morton might have one. And that just tells you. I mean, they just keep putting guys out there, and they're all capable of making plays. Now, with Illinois, I feel the same with the seven deep. And when Terrence is there, that's eight deep that you know they can all make plays. Purdue's about 10. And the difference is they have a safety valve in a Zach Eady where... If it really comes down to it, he's got a shot for you. He'll make it. Okay, this is going to be a... If you're going to make any sort of rally, every defensive possession is sort of imperative that you get a stop. This is Lance Jones. I don't know what the foul is. It'll be on the floor, but looks very weak sauce. 
At least that better be on the floor. If anyone in the chat thread could gather from the announcers, if that was on the floor shooting, let me know. But we got a break here, the under eight. Uh, I guess we'll do the whole thing. Ugh, will we? Gosh darn it. Well, as I'm reckoning with this, got to remind you the 200 levels brought to you by DP Doe online at dpdoe.com. It's a shooting foul. Christ on a crutch. How? He didn't touch him. Did he, I don't know. Did he touch him? Whatever. Not that it really matters. DP Doe online at dpdoe.com. Probably not a celebratory calzone tonight, but get two. Get one to eat and get another to chuck at a wall to get that anger out. Just imagine that beautiful golden calzone crust and all the marinara and the cheese just dripping down the wall of whatever the least favorite room in your house is. It's probably worth it. It's just good to get that anger out, as you can sense here from my diatribe on YouTube, live and in the flesh, dpdo.com. Also, Owen Builders LLC. I'm on owenbuildersllc.com. Also, State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. And finally, Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. Give them a call at 217-841-4728. The chat thread seems to think there was no foul. I didn't see it, and Justin Harmon reacted as such. Officiating hasn't been the issue tonight. It's just, it's really a, a big old slice of, oh, right. Purdue's elite. That term that gets thrown out a lot. And Illinois is not elite, they have looked elite at, at points in the last month, and that's what's really puzzling about this game. This is not like Illinois has just went on a heater in the last two weeks. Though keep in mind, a lot of that December run where Bart Torvik had them the number one offense in the nation since December 1st, Terrence was a big part of that. The last two games, didn't need him. Didn't need him against Fairleigh Dickinson, and then Northwestern was just I mean, I've seen a lot of games at the State Farm Center, but that was one of the more just impressive will-these-guys-ever-miss kind of performances. We're seeing that that was an aberration, and we're seeing that hopefully tonight is the other end of that aberration where, for whatever reason, the shots weren't falling, and you just happen to be playing the number one team in the country. So the takeaway, I don't know, what is it? Just wash your hands of it and move on, I guess. Now, there's no updates on the Terrence Shannon thing, and that will be something that, of course, we're keeping an eye on. But as fun as this group of players is, there's probably not an Illini fan that's been watching and I thinking, oh boy, um, so what's going to happen with that situation? And it, it, that's where fandom can be such a flinty kind of thing where we, <laughs> we don't see the forest for the trees. It is best to let that situation play out independently. And I got to give Brad Underwood credit for how he responded to that, I believe, yesterday, where he was asked about the status of Terrence Chan. And he said, well, you know, as Josh told you in the press conference, we would let you know if anything changes with that. And I think the way that this team and coaching staff are handling it by just letting the process run its course and obviously not commenting on it or making any to do about it. That's the only way to do it. And as fans, we also got to kind of compartmentalize this as well, where we got to watch the team that's in front of us and they're getting their butts kicked right now. But 
there's still enough there that for however long that foreseeable future may be, where this is the roster, I think we can roll with that. And have some fun with it along the way. Here's Luke for a three. Up and good. That makes it a 14-point game, so you need a scoring blitz here with 7-15. But the problem is, you got to get stops. And, and that's been more of the problem than offense. Kaufman-Wren. I don't understand. It's really frustrating to know that Purdue, even after losing Zach Eady, is going to be loaded. Here's Damas trying to take it to the rim, up and in. No foul call on Wren, even though in fairness to him, he did go straight up, up in the air. Great finish by Damask. Who is, I think another encouraging thing tonight, out of the few, is that Damask has been consistently good on offense again. A three for Purdue, no good. Quincy with the board. He gives it up to Luke. Illinois playing here with a bit of fire under their butts because they know that time is of the essence. Here's Damask to Harmon to Coleman to Luke. Luke trying to drive it in. Up and he gets the foul drawn. Illinois is going to try to make this interesting. Let's see. From Brandon, it's nice that our game plan was let Edie get his and limit everyone else. That's sarcasm, right? Because uh, <laughs> that's that's what's remarkable about tonight. It's the Kaufman Wren and how Lance Jones. Am I saying that name right? He has twelve. It's the it's the supporting players. Braden Smith, another complete game for him. He's a really good point guard. But I will say, though, Brandon, to that, clearly the game plan was you're just going to have Coleman go straight up, right? And we know what that's going to be. That's, that's going to mean that Edie, if he had played a full game, is going to get his. But it's really been what Purdue's done without Edie that's been most impressive. It's, it's two things. Illinois has not been good, but Purdue's been very good. It is both of those things. And I do think that when they come here, it'll be a heck of a game. This is Braden Smith going baseline, but a steal for Illinois. And we get a foul, right? Yeah. So we're going the other way, and it'll be one and one for Illinois. Down 12 with 5.57 to go. No time goes off the clock. They get a chance to score points here. Great job by Damask, who has been your best player again. I was a little bit worried in the post-FAU stretch that Damask was coming back down to earth. I think since Terrence has went out, he's really answered that bell as being your, your top scoring option. He makes the first free throw. It's an 11-point game with 557. Chathred, what's the temperature? Oh, here comes Edie. Okay. <laughs> I think you... <laughs> How do you get the foul on him? How do you get one more foul on Edie? Hook and hold. Try anything. Man. Okay, so Damask was 17 tonight. Three rebounds and five assists. Defensively pretty good as well. He misses that. Yeah, every, every miss hurts right now. 5.50 to go. It's an 11-point game. Edie back in there. Going to risk it with four fouls with six to go or under six to go. And this is going to be Coleman up on Braden Smith. Got a mismatch here because Harmon is on Kaufman Wren. Let's see if he can't switch with Damask. I'm not sure. This is going to be Luke Goody on Lance Jones. 
a baseline shot, and they're going to call a foul on Coleman. Coleman, of course, not happy about that. I want to see that replay. I mean, that's clean as a whistle. I don't understand it. How is Lance Jones getting foul calls? Like he's Reggie Miller. His dumb ass fell down because he was doing a fadeaway with a hand in his face. And he gets the foul shots? Of course he's going to make both of them. That's just that's just bad. Alana Brickwell mentions how bad the refs have been. I mean, listen, that's a fairly consistent thing. It, it only is highlighted when it's consequential. And in that play, in that play, it was. I mean, was this probably going to fake rally? A fake rally from the start? Probably. But I'd like to see it kind of play out and not have two points awarded to Purdue for no good reason whatsoever. Damas doing booty, booty ball. He gets the foul on Fletcher Lawyer. So the clock stops again, 5.22 to go, and we go to the line. Or maybe this is on Kaufman Wren. Oh, let's see here. I want to thank you guys for tuning in tonight on a late Friday evening for what has not been the most compelling second half. You basically played them even. What's what's remarkable is that since the 20 to 4 start, even with some bad stretches, you've played them even. So it's like I want to get them home. I want to get them home at the end of the year. When you've figured out that much more about yourselves, listen, Purdue won't be any worse. They'll be, I mean, that's a team that will probably only get better themselves. But I do like just flipping the court, getting it at home, and seeing what the hell happens. Damas makes both. So back to an 11 point game with 522. Okay. Here is Braden Smith with 515 to go, crossing half court. This is Justin Harmon on him. Not a lot of tie this half. This is Kaufman Wren. Makes the three. Quincy didn't even guard him. That's frustrating. We might have to cut out here at the four-minute media timeout. 23 points for Trey Kaufman Wren. That's not going to get it done. Damask hits a three. Keeping things respectable. Guys on some sort of heater. 440 to go. It's an 11-point game. Maybe maybe guard the three. I like Quincy, but defensively, he's been piss tonight. Just absolute piss. Here's Lance Jones. Is he going to launch up a three? No, Fletcher Lawyer. Okay, they find Edie down low. Lance Jones, Braden Smith. No good. Get the freaking rebound, Quincy. Jesus Christ. Get the freaking board. He can't even get the freaking rebound. Block out your man and get the freaking board. Oh, my God. That, mm, that is absolute bunk. You cannot afford that. Second chance opportunity for Purdue here. Man, oh, man, that just pisses me off. Three-pointer is no good. Illinois with the ball. Four minutes to go. It's an 11-point game. Quincy down low. Up top to Luke Goody. Over to Harmon. We're under four. 3.50 to go. Oh, man, I got fired up there. I'm sorry. But just, you got to do better than that, man. 
Here's Damask. Up and in. It's a nine-point game. With 3.38 to go. Hey, for the voters that are not watching this, a single-digit loss, and actually for the net ranking, that, that helps too. Single-digit loss would be nice. Here's Kaufman Wren. Quincy gets out to him. We're going to get a foul. Is that right? Coleman didn't say anything about it. All right, so what we're going to do here is stick around until the end. Look at me sticking around until the end. Oh, man. It takes a lot to get that guttural reaction from me. But that not rebounding it. <laughs> well, and, and it's the thousand paper cuts. It's the first time he didn't get the rebound. It's the second time. It's the third, the fourth, on and on. And when it's the 12th or 13th and you're seeing your four, your power forward, is the frustration maybe that this is uncharacteristic to how this team has played in the last month and a half. Maybe that's it. From Jared. All you have to do is score, get a stop, score, get a stop, score, get a stop, and score again. Easy as that. Easy peasy, right? Against this Purdue team, no big deal. All right. Quick reminder as we got this break here. I'll be honest. After Quincy did not get that board and there was a second chance for Purdue there, in my mind, I thought, okay, if Purdue like drops a three here, I'm just I'm just ending the podcast. I can't <laughs> I could not do that if that was the case. What I would love to have this has happened sometimes in the podcast. There was one against Northwestern three years ago. So I want to say the year that Illinois got the one seed. One against Northwestern where I started it absolutely just roasting them because Illinois was down, you know, 15, 16 points to a bad Northwestern team. And then Illinois went on to win by like 20. I mean, it was one of the most dominant second half performances in Illinois basketball history. Legit, right? So I had to record an addendum at the beginning. I would love to think that what I can do is record an intro after the fact, like, hey, you know, what you're about to listen to is the entire second half reaction, and I wasn't feeling good for most of it, but as you all saw last night, Illinois made the comeback. Now, as I said here, with 3.50 to go, whatever it may be, I don't think they're making a comeback. I mean, Purdue gets shots, right? Pretty sure that was a foul. Look at this. Rebounds 40 to 25 Purdue. That's just unacceptable. That's just unacceptable. Quincy Garrier cannot be getting outplayed to this degree by Kaufman Wren. You're 23. He's 20. Play like it. Don't get your ass kicked by him. And Quincy's still been fine, but like, don't, don't let your guy get his to that degree. That's just got to take ownership of that matchup. Here's Fletcher Lawyer. Looks like Butters from South Park. He makes his free throw because that's, I think, his first point of the night. I'll be honest. I don't hate anyone really on this Purdue team. Fletcher Lawyer just looks like your typical Purdue guy, and that bothers me at a very instinctive level. Alani fan, been watching Big Ten basketball my whole life. I see Fletcher Lawyer, I'm like, yep, that makes sense. He would go to Purdue. 
Okay. Illinois made their last five field goals in his 11-point game. This is all Damask. He's taking on Ethan Morton. Up and in. Now, if he can just get stops, Marcus Damask will lead you to victory. <laughs> but, I mean, he is, he is something else. I think if we are to take a takeaway tonight, okay, if we are to take a takeaway going forward, that is a major positive. Yes, Damask might be that good. There was a, a stretch after FAU where I started thinking, travel here on Wren. Wow. There was a stretch after FAU where I started worrying, oh, that was a major aberration. But between Northwestern and now this, the way he's cooking and cooking against Big Ten guards, that's two games in a row against Big Ten competition. And he was good against Rutgers, I believe, as well. So we could take something in that. And if that's the case, that's going to bode very well over the next two months. Okay, Damask again. He's just going to do his thing. No! Ethan freaking Morton. That scrub ass. Give me a break. Gets the steal. I'm just kidding, Ethan. You're a nice guy. It's not you. It's the jersey you're wearing. You're all nice guys, probably. I don't know the Purdue guys. And if Alan Quincy will send Kaufman Wren to the line. So as we start wrapping things up here, once again, DPDO online at dpdo.com. Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. Give them a call, 217-841-4728. State Farm Agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. And Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. Give them a call, 217-841-4728. Are you kidding me? Trey Kaufman Wren shoots 54% on the year. He is 6 for 6 from the line. He does miss that one, though. What do we got? Does he get two foul shots? I don't understand. All right, this is from my red pillow. What I'll take from this is Purdue is likely to win by 10. Terrence averages 20, therefore we would have won by 10. Oh, well, I like your math there, but uh, we'll see if Terrence would be back for that game in, in early March. Two months away, a lot of things would have to happen for that to be the case. All right, this is Illinois ball two minutes ago. They're down nine. Going to need a miracle. It's not impossible, but... Oh, come on now, Marcus Mask. Just shoot the damn ball. Somebody just shoot it. Here's Coleman trying to take it. He gets the foul drawn on Gillis with one on the shot clock. He'll go the line. Oh, they call the... A lane violation on the last one? Okay, so what I had missed on the free throw, why Purdue got another one, was a lane violation on Illinois. Fortunately, Kaufman-Wren missed that one as well. But we do get, for a second as I read that, my red pillow, I thought that we had just committed a three-second violation. I misread that. All right, Coleman, free throw is up and good. I, 81-73, to 73, here's Edie with four fouls coming back in. I do think, again, net ranking... Single-digit loss on the road at number one, not a big deal. I think getting the single-digit loss is big. Of course, I'm rooting for a comeback win, but let's just go with something more reasonable to start. Coleman misses that. It is an eight-point game. He missed one, and DeMass missed one not so long ago. Coleman ah, knocks it out. 23 seconds. Now, the question would be, does Purdue need to get it across in three? Okay, yes. Braden Smith, look at that. Johnny on the spot. He knows they got to get it across the timeline in three seconds. 
Got you, my red pillow. Thanks. <laughs> uh, so what do we got? A timeout here from Purdue? Well, games like this, takeaways, you know, that's kind of been more of the discussion than the actual game itself. But Damask, major positive. Uh, I think Coleman overall has still been really good. I mean, that's... <laughs> He's just had a couple of those, oh my God, what are you doing? Things we haven't seen from him in the last five five games, or five weeks, I should say. He's been really good since he came back from the injury. And Quincy, offensively really good, defensively and, and rebounding. Listen, he's got to step up. One thing to consider, it just occurred to me about rebounding. That is one thing Ty would have helped with. You, you couldn't have him out there offensively it's a shame that you can't do the hockey style where you just substitute between possessions but rebounding I'm sure that's something that would have impacted it to have a guy like Ty Rogers out there would that have bridged the gap of 15 rebound margin I don't know about that but it would have helped so Justin Harmon trying to pressure Braden Smith around the timeline here now we got a major mismatch and where are we going to get? They call a foul down low. This game is slowing down to a snail's pace. They're going to call... <laughs> they're going to call Harmon. He got his arm locked up with Edie. Whatever. I <laughs> Harmon's like, what the hell do I do? What am I supposed to do? But you know what? To save some time and give yourselves a chance. I don't know if it's the worst foul. And Edie misses it. Quincy gets the board. It's an eight-point game. You got to get a bucket here. Coleman trying to make something happen. And man, someone has to be there to get a three, man. This is Damask. I'm sorry. I'm not going to play-by-play right here. Damask with the ball. This is going to be Justin Harmon. Trying to make something happen back out to Damask. Damask trying to get a pick. Oh, my God. Edie's got to shoot it. Luke Goody, three's no good. And that's just not... Oh, we got a foul down low. Yep. That was rough. I hope Quincy's okay. Jesus. Uh, what the hell happened there? Okay, I got to see what happened here. He lands on his foot. Oh, shoot. His wrist? Yeah, I mean, how bad is it? That's his right wrist. That's his right wrist. 51.3. Oh, get that kid with the stupid boiler hat off my... Okay, he looks okay. He's tendering it. From that angle, from what I saw, I didn't see any weird snap or anything like that. He just landed smack dab on it. So that's going to require some ice. And he is a lefty, right, Jared? That's not a foul? What the hell were they looking at then? And why did they stop the... Did they stop it because he was injured? I don't know. 
I mean, if anything, it might have been a foul on Quince. I don't know. I, just, but what, what are they looking at here? Well, this will take a second, perhaps. Look at this little doohickey machine they got here to review things. So 81 to 73, listen, the, the win is probably out of the question. The, the foremost priority here is Quincy's wrist. Oh, they're looking to see who it went off of, I see. Because it was an out-of-bounds, not a foul call. Okay. Thanks, Bobo. All right. Sorry that with these dead balls, it's not always the most compelling podcasting. I apologize for that. God dang, Purdue's good. That's really frustrating. And you didn't play well. You know what I mean? So this game will likely end where you're saying, ugh. Now look at this stretch, though. Michigan State at home, Maryland at home, at Michigan, Rutgers at home, Northwestern on the road. If you beat Michigan State, there is a chance to rattle off five straight. If you beat Michigan State, there's a real chance to win five straight. So Brad's talking to his guys. They're still looking at it. Not really sure what's going to happen here. Again, thank you, YouTube uh, folks, for sticking around late on a Friday night. Not the game we had necessarily been hoping for. Though I know there's a sliver of a chance here with 51 to go. Kind of depends on who gets the ball. Quincy is still in there. All right. This is from Bobo. What's crazy is this game, Tennessee and Marquette, Illinois played like crap and was still in the game towards the end. Bobo, I'll say this, right? That that would be your third loss, your three losses, all the teams in the top 15. I think Marquette's around 12 or something, at least Ken Palm. Regardless, losses to three good teams. Now, the Marquette's second half, you left some opportunities on the board, but that was early enough in the season where you can kind of forgive that. Tennessee's second half was a bit of a mess after the first few minutes. It only took them four minutes to decide this year, and they're still huddling and talking. Jesus Christ. Just call it's one person's ball or the other. And why are they all bald? What is the likelihood of this? Not one of them has hair. Against the law of averages. Jesus Christ, make a call, you dimwits. Oh, my God. I love when they huddle up, and it makes it look like whatever they're doing is very important. They're calling a foul on Purdue. Just kidding. Listen, that was a great meeting of minds. I'm glad that they made the decision that they made. That's just good good officiating right there. Was that five minutes, Bobo? I think it was. I'm sorry. Again, <laughs> okay, I'll look at my timer. It was a good five minutes. No wonder I felt like I was biding time for so freaking long. So we're going to get... Thank God Goody's shot hit the rim there too. Because there was there a possibility of a shot clock violation if he didn't? And thank God Quincy's okay. Yes, of course, I've been frustrated with moments of him tonight, but dude, you you need him. And he's, even when he's not at his best, he's still pretty good. 
Okay, so Quincy's at the line. What do they call him? A flagrant? He makes the first. A flagrant? I didn't see a flagrant at all. And as you said, my red pillow, we still have some life. It is a six-point game with 53.4 to go. I didn't see a flagrant. If if I have any Purdue people listening, which I doubt I do, or if I had a Purdue friend, I'd be like, hey, that I, I didn't see it. Did you guys see a flagrant? I'll take it. I'm not going to say take it back, but Illinois ball with 53.4 to go. They're down six. This is Coleman in the baseline. He's got Kaufman right on him. Jesus Christ, Coleman. A travel. Was it? I don't know. I just just thinking too much, doing too much. Sometimes kids at school, if a teacher is you know scolding them for something they did, they say you're doing too much. That was Coleman doing too much. It was. God dang it, <laughs> Coleman! Come on, man. So Purdue about to break the press here, are they? They do. Purdue's just going to try to play keep away, but if you're Illinois, I think you play this down. Now, here's the good news, okay? Yes, I would like to see Illinois get a three there. My my secondary goal was lose by less than 10 for the net ranking. You're looking better with 25 seconds to go on that. Here's Braden Smith. Up. No good. Illinois ball. 18 seconds. They got to shoot a three and make it. Don't waste time. Coleman three, he made it. 12 seconds to go, it's a three-point game. Uh, uh, <laughs> what? Well, hey, the good news is this. For sure, right, I think, it'll be a single-digit loss on the road to Purdue. Number one team, net ranking, not going to take a hit. People watching this game, or people not watching this game, are not going to dock Illinois that badly for losing on the road by only a few points. But best of all, 12 seconds to go, you have an, a sliver of a chance. You do. Hawkins with a big th- monster three. Jared, this is a great post from you. Please someone explain to me how this is close. Jared, I don't know. I... I would say the same thing. It's an 8 nothing scoring run. I will say for as good as Purdue is, there's this weird element of Purdue. And we saw it in Fairleigh Dickinson last year. We saw it in Northwestern this year. For as talented as they are, I, I don't know at the end of games, right? At the end of close games, I guess you could feed it to Edie. I mean, it would make sense. Right now, they're really just going to try to get into a good free throw shooter. But maybe that they just lack that sort of dynamic scoring guard. But they had Jaden Ivey two years ago, so I don't know if that's the case either. But a Jaden Ivey right now would be a big help. Now, this is going to be Braden Smith. He gets the ball, and they do foul him with nine seconds to go. So he will go to the line to shoot two, and I would imagine he's a very good free throw shooter. 
This is from Ian. Is it good that we made it close looking so bad? Yeah, I think so. I Again, as was referenced earlier, the two losses you had against Marquette and Tennessee, I don't think you played well in those games either. And you were there. So when you look at the totality of what this team's done this season, when they've lost, it's been because they played bad. Go figure. And it's been two really good teams, and this is the best one yet. That's a four-point lead for Purdue. Nine seconds to go. That was a monster free throw right there because it makes a two-possession game. So now it is borderline miracle stuff. You would need to get two scores, and you need to get this first one very quickly after this. I don't know who number 23 is for Purdue. They're just substituting people in and out. Whatever. I will recommend to Braden Smith just get rid of that facial hair. It's just not not working. But actually, no, for a Purdue guard, it works perfect. Who am I kidding? He looks like a Purdue guard. Okay, this is Damask. Going to try to get a quick score. And no foul called. And Illinois will lose by five. All right. So here's what we got. 83 to 78 loss. Did not play that well. Somehow you only lost by five. I wish you would have played better. I wish you would have rebounded the ball better. You would have had maybe a chance to win. I think it's a good kind of loss in that you can take away, you you somehow were there at the end, kind of, despite how poorly you had played. You know you can do better. And I think you will do better against Michigan State. This is a perfect time for this team to get some major rest. They aren't playing again until next Thursday night. And with no class or anything like that, all they got to focus on is just resting, recuperating, working out the kinks. And I would hope that the things that ailed them today, specifically rebounding and second chance points, will not ail them against Michigan State. And Michigan State, as good as they've been playing, they just don't have as many weapons as Purdue. I think it's a more favorable matchup. I did like the uniqueness of this Purdue-Illinois matchup. And there were points in this game where that came to fruition but just not consistently enough. And it all goes back, unfortunately, like sometimes in years past, to a really bad start. And that was unique to this game. This team has not had bad starts. Today they did. All right, uh, before we get out of here, let's see if there's anything else here. From Greg, didn't give up. Lose by a few on road, number one. Ryan, that start hurts so bad. And to end, that start hurts so bad to end like this. Greg agrees with that, the start. From Ryan as well, but also if we... If the hope was truly there, it, oh, sorry, there's a heart right in front of that. Gosh darn it, I'm trying to get, oh, sorry, now I got it, Ryan. God, these emojis get in the way. But also, if the hope was truly there, it would have been officiated away in Mackey. Uh, perhaps, though the flagrant was a major coup for Illinois. How many other teams we uh, are going to take the approach of having their center guard tie? That'll be interesting, Brandon, to go go forward with that. I think Ty will have plenty of good matchups this year, but there will be the occasional night where he is completely ineffective. From Illini Brick, we'll start kill this, but we came back, but rebounding. Bobo, let's end on this. Some positivity. If we outscored them 46-36 to 36 in the second half, there's that offensive efficiency. Starting with Damask, hitting some threes, getting some easy buckets. We saw that against the number one team in the nation. I think the offensive prowess will continue. I think the rebounding and defense are there against most teams. It just wasn't there for the night. 
Hey, Alana Leaves, I appreciate you. Thanks for the pod. Made second half enjoyable, tolerable. Great work. Thank you. I know I got a little bit frustrated at points there, but what the hell? That's watching sports. Okay, so I think we'll we'll do a Monday or Tuesday pod, a quick one ahead of the Michigan State game on Thursday. Late game on Thursday, 8 o'clock, so there won't be any post game. I'll have to get back to school bright and early the next morning because winter break is ending, unfortunately. But hey, you know what? Tonight could have been better. It could have been worse. In the media guides, years from now, we'll look at that as a five-point loss at Purdue, and hopefully that will be nullified by beating Purdue at home when he faced them in early March. And Quincy looks fine. He kept playing. You'll do better against Michigan State. I think you will. Thank you all for tuning in on YouTube. I really appreciate that on this Friday evening. Uh, from Illini Brick Girl, Silver Linings, learn and get better. That's it. Early enough in January where that's exactly where you're at. And I got to say, consider where you were last year. The same point last year, I think on January 4th, you or the third, you got smoked at Northwestern. This is a far cry from that. This team is in a much better place. And they got a really good stretch coming up. If they can beat Michigan State, they can rattle off a lot of wins in a row. All right, everybody. Hey, have a great rest of your weekend. Got to thank DP Doe, Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, State Farm Agent Brian Hansen, and also Owen Builders LLC. If you want to support the podcast, please support our sponsors. They're all great people, and they all do great work. I can vouch for them personally. Thanks for dealing with my histrionics and occasional anger. But hey, listen, not all is lost in a, in a night like this. It was ugly. It was not always fun. That's an understatement. But this team still has a lot going for it. And when I wake up in the morning, it's not going to be that, oh, God, kind of feeling. It'll be more like, okay, let's beat Michigan State. And we got six days to focus on that one. In the meantime, everybody, thanks again. Appreciate you, YouTubers, and we will see you soon. It is the 200 level. Level.